Welcome to the Fellowship College Podcast. We're back and we're ready to mingle. Well, you probably haven't missed us nearly as much as we have missed all dozens of you, maybe less. You think dozens? <laughs> dozen of you, most of it being my immediate family. So <laughs> mom, dad, thanks for listening. <laughs> glad glad you're here. Um, this was actually a little unexpected. We were planning to take the summer off from the podcast at, at one point, And we probably had, speaking of dozen we probably had a dozen people ask us, hey, when are you going to do a series on love, sex, and dating? And our answer was, I don't know, probably never. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, wait, I guess we have the summer to, to kind of throw some of that out, out there. So our plan right now, again, it's we're in summer mode. So we kind of just are going week by week just kind of wherever wherever the spirit leads us this summer. But the plan right now is to have uh, eight weeks on love, sex, and dating this summer. The first two weeks will be on singleness. The next two weeks on dating, sprinkling a week maybe on engagement in there, a couple weeks on marriage, and then sprinkling a week just on sexuality in general. And so we, we hope it's gonna be, it's gonna be helpful and fruitful for y'all, but it might not be, and that's okay. So before we get started, there's been some discussion. Jacob here just got married a few weeks ago, and it was it was a great wedding. It was it was really really special. It was a really special wedding. It was, and pictures just came out today, and I cannot wait to see them. Y'all, I have never seen Jacob look happier in his life. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I was very happy. Yeah, it was it was great from start to finish. But we were talking about the dance floor as as most conversations tend to go that way anyway. And the question was brought up, what is your favorite wedding song to dance to? Like when the DJ starts this song, you'll stop everything and you'll head to the dance floor. What what is that for you? Um can I say 3? Okay, great, thanks. Um, <laughs> so the first one is Lip Gloss by Lil Mama. Mm. Okay. How does that Classic. one go? I'm absolutely not singing. <laughs> what you know about me? What you, what you know about okay, me? Okay, Joanna. What you know? Okay, Monica. My lip gloss is good. Oh, wow. My lip gloss is probably. <laughs> I don't know the rest oh, of it. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was really now, good. That was really good. Now that you brought that up, I do know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, I want to dance with somebody. I think that's Whitney Houston. And then, okay, the one by Bruno Mars. Where it's like um, Uptown Funk. No, oh, no twenty four carat that one. Um, it's the uh, jump in the Cadillac. Oh, oh. Uh, that's what I like. There we what go. Is it? That's what I like. Right? Is that it? That's what I like. Yes. yes. The beginning of that song. I'm like, okay, okay. Well, I'll piggyback off that. It's a great transition because my my choice is anything Bruno Mars. Mm. In fact, we basically told the DJ at our wedding, "Hey, we don't care what you play, but." Make seventy five percent of it Bruno Mars because it he never I mean at a wedding Bruno Mars almost never disappoints. It's true, yeah. true. He brings good energy for sure. Oh yeah, Josh was not out on the dance floor. Todd, toddler wedding. life, man. Hey, it it's was, okay. You'll come back around. I actually hate dancing at weddings, but <laughs> what? I know. I know not. I know I'm not supposed to say that on here, but Lauren and I are like, okay, 
we're old. We go to bed at like nine. So <laughs> <laughs> we're like, well, we have a toddler at home. So it's been really fun. I did enjoy. I loved your wedding. Katie K's. Holy Ooh, cow. Oh, so, so good. good. Plug for Katie K's right I now. I could Best not. fried chicken. When I heard it was Katie K's, I was like, oh, man, that sounds so good. There's no way they're going to have those loaded waffle fries there, though, because it's the best thing on the menu, but they probably won't be able to have those. And y'all had them. Mm-hmm. So good. That was like the main thing we wanted. Very good. Um, mine is apple bottom jeans. 100%. <laughs> she hit the floor. I hit the floor. Oh, my. Next person, <laughs> next listener out here, please invite Joanna to your wedding and please first song, first song of the night. Joanna, that's my favorite thing she you've ever said. Floor, I hit the floor. <laughs> Holy cow! I was not expecting that. We've we've got like kind of an R and B vibe going, hip hop R and B. I'm gonna continue it. It's uh, yeah, by Usher. Yes. Yeah. Whenever you're in the club with your homies, gosh, VIP, yeah. down with the Loki. So good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Wow, I feel like I, I feel like I learned I learned something today, which is which is so good. And so today we're not talking about marriage. We'll get there eventually, but today we're talking about singleness. And one of the things if you've grown up in the church, if you've grown up kind of even just around Christians, especially in the Midwest, especially in the Bible Belt, you've heard this saying over and over and over again, especially if you are single, you've heard this ad nauseum. Hey, be content. Singleness is a gift. And so today we're going to try and unpack, is that is that true? And if it is, what does that actually mean? And what what do we do with that? And so we'll start with the idea that, that singleness is a gift. Where, where do we even get that phrase um paul loves to talk about gifts specifically in first corinthians <laughs> of sorts but in first corinthians 7 um he is talking he's writing to the corinthian church um they've got all kinds of stuff going on he's trying to give them direction uh and one of those is about married life um so a lot of what he talks about is relationship with others in various ways he gets to married life uh, and he basically gives these instructions for, hey, this is kind of what married life is should be looking like, as how you should be interacting with each other. Um, and he eventually gets to a point in verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 7, um, where he basically he talks about the unmarried. Some titles in, in your Bibles, depending on the translation for that little subsection, might say something like concerning the unmarried. So he actually has like a little section specifically for those who are not married in here i.e. single. Um, and this is where he starts to talk about this idea of being single, being this kind of unique gift. Uh, and he even goes in to talk about like, hey, some of this is not a commandment from God. It's rather just what I've kind of observed that I think, Paul speaking, in my opinion, is better. And that's kind of where he really gets into this idea of singleness being a gift. That's good. I, I do appreciate that when he's talking about that. He does this a couple times in some of his epistles and his letters, but he says, basically says, this is not a command from the Lord, but here's here's my, basically, my strong opinion. Uh, he says, I think that in view of the present distress, 
it is good for a person to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be free. We can, we can talk about that later. Are you free from a wife? Basically, are you single? Do not seek a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And a, if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that. So what is he, what is he trying to say here about singleness? I mean, it sounds like he's saying, you know, singleness is almost an advantage um, because being married, you have things that are going to be uh, distracting you, keeping you busy. Um, to say it in a, a better way, I mean, that's going to be your your focus and priority. When you get married, you stand before the Lord and you make a vow. And so your priorities are shifting from whatever you were doing in th- that single time. And it's shifting to, okay, how am I to be honoring the Lord in this marriage? And so um, Paul is saying that, hey, in your singleness, you have freedom that people who are married do not have. That's good. And so he'll, he'll say even a few verses later in verse 32, he says, again, still talking about singleness and marriage, I want you to be free from anxieties. It says the unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. He says the, the man or woman who's, who's single, their main focus is, is things of the Lord, whether that be evangelism, discipleship, missions. But the married man or woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the uh, and then the single man or woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the, the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Am I crazy to read this and think, man, Paul is saying that for those that are single out there, they have more opportunities. They have a better advantage. They have less anxiety and distraction in order for them to focus on kind of, we can call it the great commission or to focus on the, the mission that the Lord has given them. No, I mean, I think you're, you're right. I think Paul, he's not like, like dogging on marriage, right? I mean, we see throughout the rest of scripture that marriage is this gift as well that the Lord has given us. Um, but I think in our culture, marriage is the thing that's idolized and singleness is the thing that's kind of like, oh, well, this is just a waiting season, you know, like you'll get out of it soon. Don't worry. <laughs> um, and I think, man, it's just important to go back to these passages and, and see what Paul is saying that, no, like like singleness is something that's good and you can do, like you have so many opportunities with this gift. Yeah, and he even, which I skipped over whenever I first started reading, but the beginning of chapter seven, he starts out that chapter with um, these directions for marriage. And after he kind of goes through those in verse six, that's where he's like, hey, this is a concession, not as a command. So he's like, hey, I'm just kind of giving my opinion here. I wish all of you were as I am, which is single. He was unmarried. Um, 
And then he says, but each of you has your own gift from God. And so he ascribes that gift title to both being married and to being single. And then he'll later on go on to what we just read and talk about. He kind of unpacks his argument for why singleness um, is this really cool gift and that and why he's wishing that, you know, people are like, hey, I'm not married. He's like, great, come with me, come do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even just practically speaking, like he's absolutely right. Like, I mean, when you're not married and you want to move across the world and do missions or if there's an opportunity that you feel like the Lord is calling you, you want to spend more time with this person and disciple them or just do life with this person that honestly can't take as much of a priority or I feel like you can't invest as much time just saying yes to the Lord over and over. I mean, he calls you to different things in a season of marriage, but really if I wanted to move across the world to do missions, I would have to ask my husband. I would have to ask Ethan. Um, And what is the Lord calling you to do? And how can we both align those things together? And compromise has to happen because yes, I'm running after the Lord and wanting to serve him, but I also did make this covenant with my husband. And so have to honor what the Lord is asking him to do as well. And so it really is just our, our priorities are just different. And, uh, Looking at Paul's ministry, I mean, a married person could not have done the things that he did. I mean, crazy, crazy (laughs) stuff. So just practically, it just doesn't work like that. Um, And we're not supposed to see marriage as this burden and something that distracts from the Lord because it is work that we're doing to love a partner um, that is the that is a mirror of the relationship between christ and the church so it does form us towards something different and it is a good thing that we are called to but singleness is such a unique and cool season um and we need to acknowledge it for a gift that it is because practically honestly it makes a lot more sense and you can do so many things like follow the lord and do exactly what he's called you to and say yes more yeah that's really good uh and we'll talk about Again, I, I don't think what we're saying and what, Paul, what Paul's saying, none of us are saying that, hey, once you get married, your ministry is, is basically over. Mm-hmm. You basically just, your only ministry is your wife and then maybe kids someday and that's it. You've lost all other opportunity for ministry. That is not what Paul's saying. He actually says, mm-hmm. hey, if you're married, basically the two of y'all should live like you're not married. Continue to be passionate about mm-hmm. the same type of mission. It's gonna look totally different. And we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks when mm-hmm. we get to marriage. And so just just hear me out that we're not saying that marriage makes you lose all opportunities for ministry. Yeah. But what we are saying and what Paul is saying is that he's really, really encouraging the church in Corinth to see the gift and the opportunity mm-hmm. that singleness is, which I really think is so needed in the church in the Bible Belt Mm -hmm. today. As Eileen kind of alluded to, our Christian culture here in the South and in the Midwest has made marriage the ultimate goal of the Christian life. Mm -hmm. Whether we've done that intentionally or whether it's kind of happened subtly over time, we have let the, the idols, can I say it like that? We have let the idols of the culture, this American dream, if you will, that the idea that the perfect life, the life that has the most fulfillment is one where you have 2.5 kids, you've got this great house with this land, you got, uh, 
you've got this white picket fence. You you retire by by the age of sixty, where you just golf all day, have a boat, have all these things. That has crept into the church, mm-hmm. which is why it leaves so many single men and single women feeling less than, especially once you get like into your late twenties and early thirties and you're single and you're what you've watched everybody around you get married and you're like, okay, does God hate me? Or maybe you won't say it like that. Maybe you're, maybe you're thinking, wow, how, like, am I doing something wrong that God is withholding this from me? And, and part of that is, is the church's fault for making marriage an idol. Thoughts on that? Uh, Rant over, sorry. (laughs) This makes me so mad. Josh, everything you said, yes. Uh, I sit across the table from so many college women who are so anxious about the future. And it's, there's just this lie that, oh, I have to go to college, I have to um, find my spouse and then get married and have a good job and then you know have kids and that's what I'm supposed to do as a woman for, for my life. And I'm sorry, uh, tell me where it says that in the Bible. Show me, please. Um, wh- like, it, it's just this idea that there's this one track and even now, like I'm, I'm hearing, oh, well, I have to go get my master's because if I don't even get my master's, then, you know, like that just means I'm not successful. And, and surely like if I don't get married before that or after that, like if I don't meet my husband during that, like I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. And there's just so much anxiety and worry surrounding that. And I think that our focus and priority is completely just on the wrong thing, because if if we are followers of Jesus, our identity is that we are followers of Jesus, that we are made in the image of God. And so we are meant to glorify him where we're at, where he's placed us or with the people that he has put in our lives. And if if we are focusing on, oh, well, my identity is actually in my education, in my job, in who I marry, then those things aren't going to fulfill us because some of us aren't called to those things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just this idea that I won't be content until I, you know, have one of those things or I attain them or I have to work to get to them. That is just such a lie. And I mean, I just, I wish that I could just somehow make this make sense to people, even myself. Like I have my days where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just want to be married or I just want to X, Y, Z. And it's like, yeah, but Ailee, like your identity is in the Lord. And so what is your focus supposed to be right now? It's okay. Well, right now I am working at Fellowship Bible Church. I'm working with college students. I'm getting uh, an education so I can better know the word of God. And and that's what I'm going to focus on. And that's what I'm going to be excited about. And I'm going to ask the Lord, hey, how can I take what he's given me right now and do his work in his ministry. And so I think there's just a perspective shift that has to happen in our culture that marriage is not the end all be all. And we have to preach that to our friends too. I mean, and and not be afraid to kindly correct people, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I was at a, uh, I think like a funeral or something with my family like last year and one of my aunts approached me and I have 10 aunts, so it's fine. <laughs> so like, I'm not calling one of them. I mean, you know, I won't name names, but um, one of my aunts came up to me and Josh is laughing because he's heard this story, 
but she's like, hey, Ailey, like, how you doing? Are you dating anyone? I was like, no, I'm not dating anyone. She puts her hands on my shoulders and she says, what's wrong with you? Oh. I said, huh? It gets gets worse every time I hear it. Mm. And I mean, I just like that just goes to show that we as a culture prioritize marriage over over singleness, over our relationships with the Lord. I mean, I've had conversations with people where I've said, hey, like I, I'm i not in a place where I want to be dating someone right now. And I hear, oh, well, you know, then you're just going to miss out on X, Y, Z. And it's like, hey, if if the the priority is getting married, then yeah, like emotional health out the window. Like that's fine. We don't have to worry about that. But my goodness, like so much hurt can come from just stepping into things that we are not in a space to be participating in, you know? So I just, man, I know I've been talking for a hot minute, but this topic just just gets me fired no, up. And, yeah. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And putting your worth in anything other than the Lord is a roller coaster of emotions. Like, oh my gosh. And no, we've idolized marriage, but from someone in a marriage, that can't be it. Like it's not, it can't be the thing that brings us our worth. I can't look at another broken person and say, fulfill me, like make all my desires come true. Like that is not pressure we can put on another person. And if we know the Lord, we know that nothing other than him can do that for us. Um, And so if we put this pressure on marriage or walking into a marriage, with I feel like the wrong motives um, and it's just going to be a huge disappointment and I think we're just going to learn once again that the Lord is the one that satisfies and we can't put that pressure on anything not a dating relationship not a job not an education not another person not a marriage nothing other than the Lord um, and that being content in him so easy to say but hard to do right um, is something that we keep we need to keep refocusing on any season that we are in. I know it's easy to think about being content in the Lord in a season of singleness, but even on the other side of it, really every season um, we need to refocus that to to pursue the Lord and that he's the one that satisfies those desires. Mm-hmm. Joanna, I really love that you said be content in the Lord and not be content in singleness because I feel like as soon as we start saying, hey, like be content in your singleness, then it almost makes it like we have to achieve something, you know? Like I have heard people say, oh, well, as soon as you're content in your singleness, then the Lord's gonna bring someone around. Eh. No. God God (laughs) has never promised that. Yeah, where in the Bible does it say that? Some of you listening to this will never get married. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. That is, that's tough. And that's actually, you know, the famous passage of Philippians 4.13 that all athletes who grew up in, <laughs> with any type of Christian uh, setting probably quotes to themselves so they can do better in sports games. I've seen uh, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Um, right before that, Paul's, he's talking, this is the end of his letter to the Philippians. And he's talking about as he's been doing this work, all this need that he's had and that they didn't have opportunity to provide for him. But he's like, it doesn't matter. Um, and he goes on to say a couple things like I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances, I know what it is to be in need. And I also know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether living in plenty or living in want. And then he says, I can do all things. So all those things through Jesus who gives him strength in that. So Mm -hmm. that's literally Paul's like definition of what you just said, Eileen. But 
you know, because we're kind of talking about this contentment thing, how it's aligned with this idea of gift of singleness. There's another side to the contentment coin if you're being discontent that you can, it's a little less prevalent where we're at in the country just because of the longstanding culture, but it's becoming more prevalent. And that is kind of the other ditch where you could, you might be able to say, yeah, I'm content in singleness, but really what's happening is it's, you're almost falling prey to some like progressive Western individualism where you have mm-hmm. um, kind of the like, I don't need nobody mentality. Like I can do whatever I want, like on my own, like look at me. I'm a strong, independent woman. <laughs> yeah, like that, which it's, it's funny because you hear like even in songs and culture on the coasts primarily, like that's normal to hear. You don't really hear anybody saying that a whole lot here. But the more that that continues to creep in, and I have heard people talk like that before, again, probably not as prevalent as the idolizing marriage aspect, but that is also not being content in whatever state you're in. Mm -hmm. That's just leaning completely in the other way and looking for fulfillment in the, honestly, kind of self-fulfillment and maybe Mm -hmm. achievement in these other things divorced from a relationship with somebody. Yeah. Yeah, not finding contentment in the Lord is, is the root, issue and and as as we've already kind of said if you're not content in in your singleness and you're just waiting to find a relationship and then waiting to get married and and you're like i'll finally find contentment here's i hate to break this to all of you listening to this but if you're not content in singleness the second you get married that discontentment does not go away it'll just manifest itself in a different way then you won't be then you won't be content because you don't have kids or you won't be content because you don't have a certain lifestyle or maybe you then all of a sudden are discontent with the person that you did marry and you're like I can't believe I thought marriage would solve this and now I hate the person that I'm that I'm married to and so if you if you're single listening to this and you're discontent with the season you're in you need to find out you need to start to do the hard work of figuring out what contentment in the Lord looks like. And maybe you'll get married, maybe you won't, but it's a whole different issue. Finding contentment is is a separate issue than, than this singleness, dating, marriage. And if we start to find that contentment in whatever season, as, as Jacob's talking about, whether trials or whether things are good or bad, then whatever life brings you, you'll start to see it as a, as a gift from God. I mean, uh, Paul tells Timothy this in, in 1 Timothy 6. In, in that context, he's talking about actually like money and wealth. He's talking about false teachers who are preaching this gospel that, hey, if you continue to grow in godliness, he'll give you some sort of financial gain. That might sound familiar to us today because that same false prophet prophet is still the spirit of that is still alive today he's saying be aware of that but instead he says godliness with contentment is great gain he's like remember we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world if we have food and clothing with these we'll be content those who desire to be rich fall into temptation into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. And so he's he's saying that maybe for you it's not singleness, maybe it's a discontentment with where you are financially. I know that's not what this podcast is about, mm-hmm. 
but he's saying you need to find contentment. If you can start to find contentment in God, he's like, then there's great gain to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, kind of on a practical level, it's like I was, I was thinking through what is it, what do those um, ways of discontentment play out in people's lives, which we've hit on some, um, but I know stuff that I've fallen into people that I've had friends and that I've seen, you know, if somebody's bouncing from one relationship to the next constantly might be discontent in the singleness. Uh, if you don't really have anything specific you're looking for in a, in a spouse other than like, as long as they love Jesus, it's like, eh, maybe you're, you know, maybe you're just trying to find at least somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as they have a Bible verse in their Instagram bio. Yeah, they're good. good. Get uh, enough for me. Yeah. If, if you start dating somebody and then you just disappear and nobody mm-hmm. ever sees you because you mm-hmm. only, you know, are with them, it's like, maybe you, maybe you might be discontent. You're really latching onto them. So those are obvious things, but let's flip it. What, what does contentment in singleness look like as far as like how we're living? It's a good question. I mean, I think again, it's that where is my focus at? And I think, you know, it's okay to grieve being single. Like it's okay to say, Hey Lord, like I really desire marriage. I really desire a relationship and, and I feel like I'm lacking in something right now. Like it's okay to say that the Lord knows. (laughs) And so I think what it looks like to do this in a healthy way is being really open and honest with the Lord and with yourself and just doing the work, like Josh said, to figure out, okay, what am I feeling? What am I believing? And then is that true? And matching that with the word of God. Like if I'm believing that, you know, I, I don't have a purpose because I'm not a wife, then you know, like I I need to get to the root of that. Like, well, if my identity is in who I'm married to, then that goes against the word of God. Yeah, I'm not gonna find contentment or feel good about that. That's where you go back to, oh, well, actually God says that I am his child and that I'm made in his image. And so, okay, Lord, like, what does it look like to live that out? And so if I am, you know, doing the things that the Lord has uh, put in front of me, um, I, I'm making the most of the spaces that I'm at, where I'm at, um, and, and just working to glorify him daily. Those are going to be things that I'm finding fulfillment in because I'm finding that in the Lord and what he's given me. And again, like, yes, like acknowledge your desires, but go to the root of that and and do the work to say, Lord, like, why am I feeling this way? And then surround yourself with some really great people. Mm-hmm. Because if you're doing this in isolation, it's not going to work out well for you. Like, if you're going home, I think I said this in another podcast at some point in the last year, but like, if you're going home by yourself and... I don't know, sitting in front of the TV every night. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Like go, go and hang out with some friends. Like even if you have married friends, yo, like I've been having conversations with people these last two weeks who are newly married and they're like, I feel like my friends don't want to hang out with me anymore, but like I want to hang out with them, but they feel like I'm too busy. Go reach out to your married friends, like hang out with them. They want to hang out with you. Go hang out with your single friends, like surround yourself with really life-giving community. And also, I mean, go figure out things that you like to do. And I mean, we're, we're going to talk about this next week in the, the podcast of just how to do singleness well. But man, I think just, we have to go back to that perspective of like, what am I, what, what lies am I believing? And where's that mm. coming from? Lord, help me in that. Yeah. It comes down to not to be 
Christian cheesy, but it does come down to to a faith issue. Do I actually trust that that God has my best in mind? Do mm-hmm. I actually trust when he says, I will not withhold any good thing for you from you? Mm-hmm. And do I actually trust that what he deems is good is what what I should trust is good? Or would I rather have the things that I want over what God has decided is is best for me? Maybe in this season, maybe for the rest of your life. And so, again, we'll talk about the practicality next week on the podcast for for singleness. Like, what does that actually look like to to uh, be on mission? As Paul says, this is a great gift. This is a great opportunity to make disciples for evangelism, to go to the nations. What does that actually look like in singleness? How do I honor God with with holiness? How do I how do I trust Him? What what type of boundaries do I need? In singleness, we'll talk about all the the practical side of things, and so um, that's that's what we got for you next week. And so, until then, grace, grace and peace. peace.